the just philosophy that we discuss in this podcast is based on an overall energetic wellness. For those looking for a nonstop willpower-based view, this is not that. For those looking for a just be positive and you will attract in everything you've ever wanted, this is also not that. But if you are searching for contentment in this vast sea of materialism, tired of being energetically drained by your failed communication and relationships with loved ones, and you are open to the idea that most, if not all of the answers to your questions can be found internally, then this may be the wisdom you've been looking for. And a big piece of that philosophy pie is the topic of today, and it ties in with many of our past shows, such as how to properly create intentions, how to stand in your power, and the three questions for seeking your authentic self. And the topic of today is intentional living. No doubt intention is a powerful tool in itself, but when it's set as a priority in how you will make decisions, it is how you will communicate with the universe, speaking its language of energy and telling it, this is the experience I would like to be a part of. Keeping on the topic of energy, if you enjoyed this episode or even past ones, show us your appreciation by sharing them on social media, rate and review us on iTunes, and don't forget to subscribe to our Spotify and YouTube channels so you will be sure to get the alerts when we release new content. Now, we do have the intention of doing more with our YouTube channel, so make sure that you will not miss out on that. And finally, if this info is worth buying us a cup of coffee, our Patreon account is wise-wise.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Donate and receive our gratitude, a shout-out, and even a few other different perks. We appreciate all of your time and your energy, and my intention is for us all to have an awesome and wisdomous journey right now. So now, let's journey. Wise with Aaron and Alexander uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness conscious communication and emotional responsibility hello everyone Alexander here just wanted to give a big shout out to everyone listening and supporting us and we really appreciate everything that you do by sharing by liking um, even by your uh, financial sharing as well and we want to give a shout out to our latest patron contributors of Shane and Cheryl Beauregard we really thank you very much for um, for your efforts thank you very much you are making our growth possible and yes. reaching out to people who maybe are less fortunate who do need help Alexander right yes and and, and we get um, comments quite often saying how they are in certain financial situations and that this podcast and others are more like a lifeline for them to keep them moving ahead in their self-development and managing their emotions and increasing the intimacy in their relationships. So 
So every little bit that uh, anyone donates does help many other people, and that's why we're doing this on such a large platform. So before we actually come into the studio, when I show up at the studio, and Alexander and I actually start having conversations about what's been going on in our lives, anything that's on the top of our heads from how energy plays parts in it. And in our conversation earlier today, we kind of brought up the subject of intentional living. And I don't, I'm not sure we've actually connected all the dots here because we have talked about how to properly create intentions. And then we've kind of talked about the difference between willpower and trust. And then we've talked about how to stand in your power. We've given different ways how to do that, including... I want to say three or four episodes ago was the three questions for seeking your authentic self, which I feel like is is huge for most people to even start with there. So if you're a first time listener and this is the first podcast you're hearing us on, maybe go back and listen to that one. I think it's three or four ago. And then also episode 51 goes over. It's kind of like our reintroduction to the pillars, the foundation Mm -hmm. of this philosophy. Those two are some of the most important for understanding what we are actually talking about, the, right. the foundation, uh, because a lot of the concepts that we discuss based on today's topic or you know each episode's topic are building off of the foundation of the pillars and the three questions and some of the other. Yeah, it really helps to kind of understand uh, what is meant by a frequency-based view. And that's what this philosophy, the just philosophy is, is it's basically a frequency-based view of how to view the life. And your life and see, you know, people through energies, see your interactions through energy, um, see your so-called successes and failures as energy. And, uh, and this helps to understand us on, understand ourselves on a much broader basis. Um, and, and I agree with Aaron that those are a couple of the episodes that, uh, are really helpful. And then, uh, any episode we talk about the five levels, uh, that's a kind of a continuous that we bring that up in almost every episode. So when we get into this type of work, like myself, we start to understand the power of intention and the power of, of setting goals or, or just setting aspirations for ourselves and, and those coming from um, a very pure and energetic standpoint. But then life gets in the way. And, you know, one example is just, just going on social media gets in the sure. way. You know, there's a lot of different energies in there and a lot of opinions. And we can, if we're not sure uh, within what we are, who we are and what we stand for, we can be swayed or we can even be um sucked into certain baited. conversations yes, yeah yes, baited. um where where we end up not representing ourselves in the way that we want to i've i've been so guilty of this in the past and and still still on my way um toward uh, becoming 100% but but you know once in a while it just it happens and it happens so fast that if you're not on guard if you're not if you don't always have that intention within your mind and have that that pause to help you respond versus reacting mm-hmm. it's so easy to just fall into um a pattern of subconscious behavior that you used to you know do often so so that's why this subject is so important we are going to discuss how all these things connect and ways to stay on top of yourself and 
and your intentions so that you can be more successful as you continue to practice this philosophy. Yes, and once again, there's, there's many different um, types of intention. And the just philosophy is around, you know, overall wellness on all five levels, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the energetic, and the spiritual. And many times when we have other reasons for the intention, whether that's, say, financial gain or your job success or stature or any of those type of self-motivated intentions or, or reasons for wanting change, this philosophy is going to discuss it in a way that is kind of outside of that personal gain view. Uh, at the same time, we're not going to say there's anything wrong with that personal gain view, but this isn't intended for that path. It is for uh, for overall wellness, healing, and self-preservation and to maintain an optimal energy level. Um, so it's important as we learn and as we grow as people that we we understand why we're learning what we're learning. And I think that that is part of the episode with the three questions of who you are, what are you about, and what do you exemplify, or how do you want to exemplify. The more clear you get on those three questions, the less challenging people in the world are. And we provide an opportunity in that episode to help you to utilize other people's resistance to just strengthen who you are. And the more that you strengthen who you are, the more willing you are to accept others for who they are. And this is what leads to true change or true um, changing of, of, of opinions at a deep level is when acceptance is there first. So, so this is going to be an exciting uh, opportunity to to cover a, a subject that is once again intention can be as scattered as the subject of love. Um, so we're going to just give the the just philosophy's view of how how we approach it and um, go from there. And just a quick comment on what you were saying, just from my perspective, living this type of lifestyle, the the philosophy of energetic wellness. It, it is a way of life. It's, it's, it's not uh, something that you're going to use, like you said, for just personal gain. It, it is for the people out there who, who are struggling, uh, always having um, crazy ups and downs uh, with their emotions. And just, you know, they, they say, I just want to be happy. Why can't I just be happy? I, you know, I, I've said that to myself, you know, throughout growing up and it was because I was always looking at external circumstances to make me happy. What, you know, why couldn't I keep a relationship? Why every couple months that I was exiting a relationship, you know, and that I would ask the external wise, you know, you know, why does this keep happening to me versus looking internally? Because I am the lowest common denominator of all my relationships. And am I clear on what I actually want? Yes, in the relationship and with yourself. Yeah, Yeah. am I looking for in the wrong places? What am I looking to fulfill me? So all these things are going to help you lead a more, what I would call fulfilling life, a more rich life if, if you're looking for the sort of like grounded contentment where you're seeking less of these emotional highs, which... I've learned they lead to uh, extreme emotional lows. Mm -hmm. And that leads you to asking the internal questions and then ultimately leading to your healing if you want to participate in in 
helping answer the whys, whys, the internal whys of why do I keep doing this type of behavior? And then you look internally and then you can work with that with all the tools that we are, we are, uh, uh, and, and to that changes the way you look at your relationships and you're able to see that, you know, we play roles for each other. And when we learn our lesson, so to say, it changes the role that the other person needs to play. And and this is also extremely helpful for people in chronic or acute pain because we make the connections that these dysfunctions in our relationships, including the way we view ourselves, is uh, from the philosophy's view, the majority of the so-called pain that people think that's physical, that it's really in the energetic and the emotional field. So so we do cover a wide range of subjects, but we do want it to be clear that, you know, when we're talking about intention, it is for this wellness of everyone involved uh, type of position rather than a primary or solidarity type of view of of what just one person wants to experience for themselves, so to say. Yeah, so for new listeners, this may seem a little unorthodox initially, but it really comes down to looking at how energy interacts with you know everything in our lives, our, our decisions, our intentions, um, our relationships. There's no coincidences in what happens to us. There always is an energetic uh, reaction um, with, with everything in our lives. So cause and effect. So this is just us breaking it down or, or the just philosophy's view on how energy plays a part and then how we can use it for our benefit. Right. I just wanted to make that clear so that, uh, we can move on with a shared, uh, view of what we're covering here from a perspective, uh, as we go into topic for today, which is intentional living. And I thought first, Alexander, could we just quickly go over what is an intention, maybe like an overview of what it is? I think it'll help to bring another term in because they can be viewed similarly, but they are very, very different. And that is intention and expectations. And that there is certainly a difference, and expectation is always going to bring with it disappointment, Eventually, they come hand in hand. They are polarities of each other. But intention is something that is set uh, normally from a mental standpoint, and then the attachment to it is released. And this is gets into our first pillar, things being in a divine order rather than a chaos here, whether we understand it or not. And much of our pain or discomfort or resistance is in thinking that we know how something should be and that it should be different than it is. So working with intention is holding a view with strength, without attachment. Water gives a great uh, example of this, is that it can take on any form and it can be one of the most powerful forces on the planet, yet it's so soft and it can't be held. And so so that's the way that I look at like intention is that it's not rigid like an expectation. It is more like water and you can work with it, but you can't force it. That once again, if force or willpower falls into that expectation. So the art of setting intentions or living intentional is 
being willing to work with what life is bringing you and not allowing it to throw you off into an emotional reaction, which takes you into a whole other realm, once again, of expectations. So when you hear terms like living in the present moment or living in the now, um, living intentionally, uh, this is what we're going to get into just sharing the Just Philosophy's view of intentional living, and that is setting an intention of a vision, but then pausing and being concerned if it's for the overall good of everyone involved, rather than, like I said earlier, a solo intention of wanting a specific job or a specific amount of money or something more specific. This intentional living is in connection to being in the flow with the universe and with everything that is being supported on an energetic level and working your wants and your resistances around that. So this is, I call it like dancing with life rather than directing it. And uh, I'm sure we got, you know, many listeners that will have heard many, many different views of setting intentions. And this is, once again, just another view. So how close would having a goal be versus setting an intention? Okay, once again, there's a term that is is slippery because that term carries different amounts of attachments to different people. So if you set what I call an adjustable goal, you know, that can be worked with with intention. Or, or like you could say it a goal on a sliding scale. But when somebody sets like to accomplish a specific goal at a specific time in a specific way, then see, I can be in support of that. But there's going to be a lot of cost. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of the levels, especially if that's a physical goal. Then there's going to be mental sacrifice. There's going to be emotional sacrifice. There's going to be spiritual sacrifice. So, so see, what, when you, that's drifting closer and closer to that expectation, which is you know basically ultimate sacrifice. So in goal setting, it can work in both realms from from my view, but it's just really your attachment to that goal and your willingness for it to be like on a sliding scale. And so, so yes, I enjoy in my own life and practice setting things that I want to accomplish, but it's normally by a like a give or take time frame, and that may be a three-month range or something like that because I don't like working under deadlines and I don't like being involved with that strict of deadlines. Now, sometimes when you've got a show or performance or something like that, like that is realistic and and I'm being realistic that they have to exist. There's just different methods of how to get there. So I think that whether the goal is set and rigid or on a little bit of a sliding scale to have some flexibility, I think is the kind of the the next question there. So for example, if I had the goal of wanting to lift 200 pounds, that would be both a goal and an intention if I didn't attach a timeline to it, right? Right. But if I said I wanted to uh, have a goal of lifting 200 pounds by next month, then that would be more of a goal, less of an intention because I would have to do a lot of work, probably even take steroids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and there, would be, there would definitely be a lot of 
cost and sacrifice. And, and so then I wouldn't be living in energetic wellness philosophy because mm-hmm. I'm obviously sacrificing some of the five levels to, to ultimately grow in the, in the physical. Yes, because normally that, that type of a approach is going to create a lot of resistance um, because, you know, your, your girlfriend or your family might want you to have dinner with them or breakfast with them sometime, and you can't because of your regimen. You've got to stay on your regimen of working out every day for a certain amount of hours to reach this goal to where when it's an intention, you may be able to have that flexibility. And this is, once again, why I enjoy watching documentaries uh, of music, of actors, of, of just real-life people, because that perseverance of, like, I like seeing that humility come in. And many people that have, like, a very rigid way of setting goals, they can lack in that humility a little bit because they have to stay so driven. And when we lack in our own humility, it, it reflects in how we view others. That rigid attitude in order to accomplish those goals, many times they have a very relationship cost to them. To where working with intention, you can be healing all aspects of your life while working towards that. And uh, normally that rigidness brings the comparison issue in and many different so-called negative aspects of, you know, the human experience instead of just supporting that, hey, you're going to reach that 200, you know, one day and and I'm just going to help you every time around to to live a life that is moving towards that. Um, so I might ask you, hey, have you gone for a walk today? And then we can go for a walk. So, so using intention uh, gives you a flexibility. It doesn't mean, to me, it doesn't mean a less of a focus, uh, it's just a different focus. And the way that uh, I began to understand this way back when I, I, I enjoy Alan Watts uh, very much, and, and he adhered it to the difference between the flashlight and the fog light, that the willpower, willing things and goals to accomplish things has a more of a laser-like like flashlight, but you miss so much around while you're so focused. And so intentional living is much more of like a fog light. You see much more of a range of things, but, you know, less focused on a specific end result, so to say. So it's really a completely different lifestyle. So it sounds like we are kind of bringing in trust versus willpower there, where maybe a goal where there's a timeline requires more willpower to drive through Mm -hmm. and the intention allows more trust to come in where there's not really a timeline. So you're trusting at the right point or barring what comes up, I will kind of flex through and eventually reach my, my intention. Yeah. And the will and the willpower is still important on the intentional side. It's just that you're not always in that will that you do take the time to see a blockage that comes that's getting in your way and you you take the time to acknowledge whether that is a message. Is this showing me that I'm going, you know, maybe down the wrong path? Do I need to make an adjustment to where willing is more like you just bust through that obstacle? And uh, sometimes that can be useful and sometimes it can be detrimental. And, you know, when people ask me how to discern the difference between the two, it it is a challenge and it is different for every person, but I like to just suggest that everyone, when you set an, a new intention, 
and that could be a goal-oriented intention, but just prepare for three obstacles and be willing to persevere through those first three obstacles because many times those first three obstacles are the subconscious trying to keep us from change because the subconscious, like many of our families, like us to stay who we've been because they've got us so-called figured out. And the idea of us changing and growing, see, is scary for them. So um, so that's one thing that uh, I wanted to bring in, that that little bit different way to look at it. So let's go back to our example and maybe maybe make it a little more realistic. Like I want to lift – I mean I, I don't know how much I can lift now. Um, but let's say like 150, which is close to what I weigh, and uh, let's say three months out or six months out. I, I don't know what's realistic. I really don't. But right. – uh, so let's look at it from both, uh, an intention and a goal perspective. Okay. And let's say halfway through, I pull a muscle or tear a muscle on my arm. Mm-hmm. So can you go through each one and then what happens, you know, if, if it was you or, or, yeah. or somebody who has a goal mindset and they, they tear a muscle, how do they still reach that goal versus an intention and what would be your process through right. each? So I think, you know, it's important to see that, you know, if the goal is to lift weights and a muscle is tore, there's a high likelihood that that goal is not going to be reached. So then that's when the person has to deal with the cost of the goal, which is disappointment, is when you don't reach that goal, then disappointment has to be there. Then normally when disappointment is there, judgment of character comes in. So as soon as disappointment shows up, self-judgment shows up. And this is just the downward spiral and the cost of the goal-oriented thinking. Now, sometimes that person can, you know, shift their energy to change the goal. And now, okay, well, now before I lift that 200 pounds, I got to get back to just being able to lift 150. So, So that person normally just continuously sets goals And after a big failure, many times, many of them set small goals so that they can feel a sense of achievement, so to say. But if that was set with intention and somebody to say, you know, and I think it's important that there's always the second part of goal or intention is, okay, what are you going to physically do or mentally do or emotionally do or spiritually do to help this happen. And lots of people, when they hear intention, they don't feel that there's action involved. But as soon as you hear willing something, there is there is this vision of action. So see, both of them take an action. It's just how you approach the action. And many times the cost, as I was saying earlier, to not reaching the goal, the cost is that disappointment and self-judgment to where in intention, if you ha- had intended to get to lift 150 pounds, then you may look at refining that intention and going, maybe asking, well, why did I feel that that was important? Self-reflection rather than self-judgment. And then because you can, if you get to a point, get to able to answer that question of why did I feel that was important? Then see with intention, all you got to do is make an adjustment and you can still accomplish that intention in a different way. It's not only set to that specific way, and many times that's what goals are. They're very specific. 
where intention has that adjustability. So if the person was saying, okay, well, I just wanted to feel like I was, you know, in better shape or I wanted to relive my teenage days because I could bench press 200 pounds back then or whatever. Okay, well, you just really wanted to feel like you're working towards getting in better shape. So you you may have pulled a muscle in your arm, but you can still walk every day. And so you can still work toward that intention. But see, walking isn't necessarily going to help you to lift you know, more weight on the bench press. So, so that's kind of that flexibility that we're talking about. And you begin to look at life that, that once again, you're working with it and you're, you're not just looking at some kind of freak accident as an accident, but a, what is the message here? You know, and in this work, we get into the specific areas of the body, you know, does have messages about, uh, what the emotional component is and mental component many times and energetic. So, so that's a brief breakdown of kind of the way that uh, the Just Philosophy can see the difference between goal-oriented thinking and intentional-oriented thinking. Yeah, I like that because it seems like goal-oriented thinking, there's a lot of uh, emotional sacrifice eventually if you don't hit it, if you're yes. not successful. And you may even be telling people that this is your goal. And and I th- we've talked about this before, but I think there is something to when you have a goal, if you talk about it, it, it kind of brings it back to you to question whether you're going to be able to reach that. And some self-doubt can come in there, maybe even sabotage that. Sure. Whereas if you're working towards something, uh, for some types at least, it helps to not talk about your goals until you reach them, right? Yes, yes. and once again, this is shown in a visual with the human design that we incorporate in this philosophy uh, of whether the throat chakra is activated or not. And and you've even had experience because ours is different. And, you know, and I suggest to a lot of people that doesn't have the throat chakra to uh, to work with building stuff before talking about it or doing it and having the experience and then talking about it. And, uh, you know, many times it's helpful for the people with throat chakras activated to actually talk about like what they're into and what they're looking to develop. But there's an art in that as well as to how we deal with people's criticism, with people's questions and that type of thing. And and I know that you've danced around with that field a little bit. Yeah. And uh, one example we've talked about before is when we go to play disc golf, never fails. If, I, if I'm like, oh, this is my best game ever, it just totally drops because it, it does bring in that self-judgment. We've talked about it. It allows me to reflect back onto myself and then I start questioning, well, is this going to be? Because my statement is something I'm unsure of. It's not It's not a thing I know, like I'm going to have the best game. So that, that questioning and doubt starts to come in. Yeah. And that's another great place because both of us do enjoy playing disc golf. And when we have that doubt that comes in, see, if it was an intention of, you know, I'm going to intend to do my best today and and maybe have my best game ever, but then you don't. The very second thing is, okay, now you're not having your best game ever, but are you still going to have a good time? And so, see, with intention, you just shift it and go, well, I'm doing my best, but I'm going to enjoy the company that I'm in, and I'm not going to let the fact that this isn't my best game ever bring me down to where if you do set that as a goal, then many times that person is miserable, especially if they start off bad. Then the whole day or the whole game is not fun many times for anybody involved because they just view it as a failure. And so I was very guilty of 
that approach for a large part of my life until my late 20s when I started making these shifts. But I wasn't a play sports for fun kind of person. I was anything I did, I had to win at it. And so I had a major competition imbalance. And once again, this philosophy and lots of things I studied, you know, really helped me to see uh, the usefulness in competition, uh, but to let go of the heavy parts that that really caused many people a lot of trauma. So let's step into the overall view of intentional living and let's come up with a general intention that somebody listening to this philosophy may have. So so maybe you can help me here, but maybe something along the lines of somebody may have the intention to live a a life of energetic wellness as they listen to this podcast and learn different tools and concepts to help them along the way. Is that is that a good enough attention to go forward? Sure. Just I think it might be just as easy to say that, yes, people want to feel better, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, but people are listening to this and the reason that they're seeking so-called self-help is with the intention to just feel better in okay. general. Yeah. Okay. So... So if I'm somebody who has that intention, a listener, and I have uh, an important decision that comes up in my life, and it's whether um, I take this new job and I move three states over and I have to move my children, Mm -hmm. or I continue to stay in a job that pays less and I'm not too happy about. So this would be like a promotion. So if I have that intention of feeling better uh, within... The, the general sense of this philosophy, mm-hmm. uh, how would one or how should one approach this, uh, you know, with the perspective of, of the topic today of intentional living? Well, one thing that I'd like to suggest people to, to at least try and practice is to just consider the cost right away rather than focusing on the more money, the, the maybe the different type of job. You know, there's there's many variables that come with it, but but start a list of, you know, what it's going to take away from you. And so maybe it's like moving away from your family and you've got a kid and your parents used to help out with the kid, but now you're going to take this job in another place and now your kid's going to have to be with babysitters rather than grandparents. So see, to some people, that would be a deal breaker right away. Like when, when I was raising children, I didn't want my children involved with babysitters not that I judge anybody that utilizes babysitters because there's many needs for that. But I wanted them to be, to never feel like they weren't wanted. So anywhere they were, I wanted them to be with people that, that they wanted to be with. So I think that that's part of, of this view of seeing that when we are setting intentions, once again, it's that flexibility. But in that flexibility like when we're working toward especially energetic wellness, any resistance that we have, any so-called negative emotion that is created has a, a debilitating effect on us. And so so we've discussed it before, but see, this process can be seen as the very first, when judgment comes in, that's a question in the spiritual path. And the judgment is in the mental, so that means that there is a an emotion normally attached to it. And then that emotion weakens the energetic field, which then for weakens that area of the body. So, so working with whether I want that promotion or not, getting away from the so-called benefits that you're going to gain, 
because that's what keeps the the analytical mind like excited and simply go to the costs first and say, you know, is it worth me taking my child or children away from the grandparents uh, or do I want this strong family unit? And so so that intention that approach is always, once again, for the overall good of everyone involved. So even though you may be able to go make more money to put your kids in better schools and be able to justify it like that, if it's going to take them away from the family that you really wanted them to be a big part of, then that's going to change them as people. To me, that isn't like thinking negative. It isn't projecting anything negative. It's looking at the day in and day out logistics and approaching it from that the point that what we want will always change. As soon as we get something, then we want something else. But when you strip things down and you see people that are suffering, all they want is to stop suffering. So when you start building your life towards not putting yourself in situations that have a high cost, that limits the internal suffering. And most of the time, these these decisions are a mental struggle. And the majority of the time, there is a monetary connection to that. But I think that that's one way to look at it. And the other way of the goal-oriented or really driven person, see, they're going to climb that ladder, so-called necessarily not no matter what the cost is. And they're going to justify it by, no, I can put my kids in better schools. I can, you know, I can do this. So, so that, that term justification is in the goal oriented world very, very much to where justification does not exist in the intentional world. You're not looking to justify things. You're looking to understand them more. And if resistance is there, hey, there may be a reason, there may be a lesson. And if I get that lesson, then that, that resistance stops. And that's different from pushing through or over the resistance willfully. And there's no lesson learned there. So guess what? There may be another situation that is created to give another opportunity to learn that lesson. I actually wrote down justifying as you were talking before you talked about it. So we are on the same level there. Uh, justifying can come in, so we have to be careful. But, and this is where we can tie in the the other subjects that I brought in earlier, which is if you know who you are and you know what you're about and what you want to exemplify, and if you stand in your power, then your intention should kind of reflect that. Like that's kind of your backup to helping you stick to that intention and make it more of a priority in your life and hold it to the important decision that you have to make, kind of like what you were describing. Like, I want to live a, a better life, be healthier uh, energetically. And so when we take that and hold it against our decision, then we're going to check everything against that, which, mm-hmm. which part of the decision is going to lead towards that intention. And I guess, so what you're saying is that's how we would make that decision. Yeah, yeah, you're able to gauge... Is this taking me in the direction toward my true intention and the life that I want to live? Or is it taking me uh, off of or around that? And I'm trying to fool myself that I will come back to it. And that can become a very easy way to discern. And lots of people have problems discerning things, just simply making decisions. And when you are clear in who you are, what you are about, and what 
you are even willing to ask other people to hold you accountable for that example. Hey, let me know whenever I'm not giving off this example. When you're clear in those three steps, then yes, you can be very much uh, less easily swayed by other people's opinions. And it does become that this is either every decision and every opportunity is going to either bring me closer to uh, my intention and wellness or further away from that to a sacrifice. Okay, well, I've just got to sacrifice this uh, for a little while to get there. And and not often do I see five levels of wellness anywhere where sacrifice has been involved. So once again, in the intentional view of life, there's no sacrifice. There's just a willingness to adjust. It's just really just whether you want to be rigid or you want to be adjustable. And why we bring so often the tree analogy in, that the tree is able to be both rooted and firm and pliable and adjustable when the winds come and the storms come as well. And the trees are never fighting against the storm. It allows it. So that's why acceptance is one of the biggest, biggest words in this whole philosophy. Now, what about utilizing an intention to change uh, somebody's behavior? Like, I mean, your own behavior. Well, big key in that is being gentle with ourselves and accepting that soon as self-judgment comes in, you're not working in intention. You're back into expectations. And that becomes, you know, debilitating for a lot of people because they start off with good intentions. But if you set like these goals once again and then you don't accomplish them and self-judgment comes in and it, it can take you lower than where you even started. So that's why many services out there to help people, you know, break patterns. Uh, there is a saying just for today, you know, and that's very similar to living in the moment and living intentionally that, hey, every word, every action that I get put out due to the laws of frequency and vibration is going to have an effect on everybody that it comes in contact with. So so learning in part of in living an intentional life is what I call the breath before any action or any response. So if somebody asks you a question, that you just get used to taking a nice breath before responding. See, this can become part of that example of that you know who you are, you know what you're about, and here you're going to exemplify calmness in giving this next response, not a reaction. And that can become a training for people around you. But see, you're not, you're not intending to help them. You're intending to help yourself. And this is why anytime we want to help those around us, put the effort into yourself and your self-development. That's what's going to help everybody around you at the, the deepest levels. And many... Givers and helpers can get caught into enabling positions, especially in families and relationships. And it's, it's, you know, it's unfortunate many times, but it is part of their life path. So, and many people break out of that. Uh, some do and some don't. So, so yes, looking at that, that flexibility rather than the rigidness, you know, and this is where, you know, some people are a certain way early in life and they're very driven and they're very determined you know, and then many times some type of life situation really uh, happens, whether it's a physical situation that really makes it hard for them to go through this acceptance. 
And so, so really it comes down to that of however determined and goal-oriented you are, life will humble you at some point. And to whatever level you push that envelope uh, will be, you know, the level of work you have to do through that humility and despair. So this is just a little bit more of a balanced view using intention to once again work with the universe, work with the planets, work with the people around you, work with your own energies in intending what you see to uh, bring you happiness, contentment, joy, whatever that seeking a lack of pain or suffering, uh, whatever that intention is. You mentioned uh, some people get into enabling others. Can you uh, go into a little more of that? Many times people will slip from intentions to be helpful to others or of service into um, the ex- building expectations. And the expectations is connected to people treat us the way that we train them to treat us. So many times people will be helpful to somebody, but then they will do it again and again and again, and that becomes enabling. And so, see, every time we help somebody, it is useful to change the way we're helping them each time so that we're not creating this pattern of enabling that help should be different each time that you approach it because the situation shouldn't be the same as it was from the last time. If you were effective, and effective doesn't mean complete healing. Effective doesn't mean complete change. Effective just means that there is a difference and that each time you go here, there's something gained. And that's what people of service or people that want to be useful is really here to to play a big role in. But many, many times they attempt to help people, first of all, that's not really looking for help. And the helpful person will exhaust themselves through frustration, through expectations that if they just do enough, if they do it enough times, this person will get it. And that's why my heart goes out to people of service and, and the, even the, the so-called sensitive people that many times their intention is pure. And, and I was given a saying you know, many years ago that good intentions are the death of a wise one. And that was a hard one for me to learn as well, that just my intentions and what I meant isn't good enough if the person isn't able to receive it that way. And so that's why we do carry responsibility, and that's one of our pillars as well, emotional you know, accountability and responsibility to the way we respond or the way we give information creates the, the platform for the response or the reaction. And we can calm a lot of that through intentional living and taking that breath before you respond or before you act. That can be very, very uh, useful practice just to engage in everyday modern life. And the purpose of that, to engage with that every day, is to practice so that when life throws you something that is a true obstacle, that is a really possibly life-threatening obstacle, that you're able to not go into reaction, that you're able to pause in that moment and see clearly what is the optimal action. And that begins with that one breath, just learning to just not react right away to what you want to say off the the top of your head type of thing. So let's just quickly bring an example of uh, somebody who wants to change behavior. The example would be, uh, let's say someone wants to be more productive 
or, you know, have better time management throughout their day. So how would somebody, if that's their intention, how would somebody utilize that in the intentional living perspective? Okay, the first thing would be, you know, to go through the five levels. Almost every question I'm asked, I say go to that. Find your your mental aspect of this subject, the emotional, the, you know, the reasons that why you're doing that on all of these levels, and at least be aware of that. So once one sees how that affects them, like what's their spiritual view of productivity? I mean, what does that mean in the so they're called spiritual outlook? You know, because to some people, the most productive thing you can do spiritually is meditate, be still. So, see, people don't always make that connection that in order for this person to be more productive in the physical, they may need to learn to be more still in the spiritual and the mental, which will help to calm the emotional, which will create less obstacles of emotional reaction and communication breakdowns, which may give them a lot more time available to just do their daily duties. So going through each of that, the the mental, the emotional, the energetic, the physical, and the spiritual, all of those levels, and asking what does productivity mean in each of these areas. And then you want to practice daily or set up some type of intentional living towards all five of those things, on a daily basis. So that may mean that there's five to 20 minutes of stillness each day to make sure that you feel together, you know, so-called spiritually, which then that helps that once you get activated throughout your day, that you're able to pause during the day and make sure that you can still your mind, not cut it off and go to sleep, but that you can bring your focus in on one subject and it's not constantly being lost. And Then on the emotional level to just make sure that where are you feeling emotional? And when you fail at some productivity, how do you judge yourself? Do you carry guilt? Because if you do, that's like, uh, that's just like walking uphill all the time. You're making whatever you're trying to be productive at so much harder when we're in that self-judgment. And so, and that self-judgment is what is deteriorating the energetic field. And so so that can make us like um, short with people. It can make us because energetically we can just feel when somebody's on edge if we're on edge. So see, all of these components play a role that if all of those four outside of the physical are f- dysfunctional, then the person isn't going to likely to have the physical energy it is to do more of whatever they want to be more productive at. So in this situation and with most situations, the beginning of productivity starts with in stillness. And this is how, once again, through this philosophy, we teach the usefulness of polarity, that whatever you're looking to do externally, look at the exact opposite side of that internally. And normally there's a resistance there. So I hope that that gave a, a pretty good picture, and it does start with, you know, viewing those five five different levels. Yeah, it was good. Uh, let's bring in one more, which uh, you've talked about in the past, uh, relationships. So what is your intentions in being in a relationship? Mm-hmm. So uh, we can even give an example if somebody wants somebody who is supportive, and, and maybe that's like their top 
intention is to find somebody who would, who would support them in anything that they do. Right. And, you know, these, these, there's two relationship questions after the first three of toward uh, self-authenticity. And that is, you know, what you're looking to give in a relationship and then what you're looking to receive from the relationship. And, of course, that can be in many, many different types of relationships. So, so in setting intentions, those two questions, you know, need to be asked first. So if you're looking for support, then right away, you know, I would like to say, suggest to ask that question of why you don't feel supported in all five of those levels, like begin there. Do you feel spiritually connected or religiously connected? If not, then bingo. That is the very first question because I don't see very many people in fulfillment to where they don't have that connection. And then mentally, like what is in my my mental capacity that is keeping me from the types of connections that I'm looking for? Oh, it's all this judgment of right or wrong, Democrats, Republicans, whatever it is. It's the duality. Okay, well then let me work toward some polarity acceptance rather than this duality view that some things are right and wrong. So many of these answers to these questions, people are looking to gain before they empty. And this step to go into the the five different levels is part of the emptying, just like we were talking about that Sometimes for somebody to be more physically productive, they need to take a nap or take a 15 or 20 minute meditation of stillness uh, or just go sit in the sun and just enjoy life for 15 minutes before getting back into the, the regimen of the day. So these these definitions of whether it's productivity or intimacy in relationships or feeling supported, um, I think it's important to ask through those five levels, why we don't feel that. And then many times that will start to unveil the reason that reasons that we don't feel supported. And then the other side of that is set an intention to be supportive to someone each day. So go do whatever you want to receive. See, setting an intention to be useful to somebody every day is not really that hard because if you're out around people, there's always somebody like reaching for something in a store or an accident that's just happened in the aisle or, you know, somebody that needs to be let in at a traffic light. So you start looking at opportunities to practice that that you would like to receive more of while asking on the five levels why you don't feel this way on all five levels. And many times it's going, the approach is going to turn to one outside of the physical. And, you know, unfortunately, our culture is just so focused on the physical. And then the next is the mental. Um, so, so we're looking to bring all five of these levels to equal awareness, so to say. It's funny because we were just talking about this right before we went live where I was sharing how I like to support other people who do similar work and, you know, hop on their live streams and ask questions for them to answer so that the audience is getting some some good information that maybe they they didn't have uh the awareness to ask um because i want that for us too so (laughs) so i've i've put that in practice because you have mentioned that in the past um but another just to add on to what you were saying we're questioning your intention uh in that aspect if somebody 
did want, uh, which that is kind of more of a want, where you wanted somebody supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be a reaction to their last relationship where they sure. didn't have it, or you know, it was the complete opposite. You, I, I think we have a tendency to to not want or want the opposite of what we just had, and that may be short-sighted in no, some no. aspects. I mean, I think there is a, certainly a grain of truth to that and a consistency to that, and that's why many times people will jump from person to person in relationships and they will go from one extreme to the other because they are seeking the middle. And that I think that that's why we bring up, you know, so often that, you know, attraction happens, but love is developed. Respect is given and trust is earned. And having those few examples kind of helps to keep me on track with that and, and to make sure that I'm not justifying why I'm doing something or another. So I think it's important to know why you're in a relationship and why you're in the relationship with the person that you are so that you and that why is what you're looking to get out of it. Uh, And if you realize that you're really looking for something else during that um, so-called view of, of just going through, okay, what am I looking to get out of this relationship you may get to a point where you see that, oh, I'm getting, yeah, something different than I had in my last one, but it's still not what I'm looking to experience. And so that's how we can kind of catch ourselves in that that ping pong of life, of going from one extreme to another. And normally that relationship has been built off of an emotional reaction rather than a grounded, centered space to where both parties were healed from past relationships before uh, coming together. And, you know, and that's a major issue in our culture that most people do jump into relationships sooner than they are truly healed from from whatever last experience they've gone through. And and go into that a little bit more where if somebody does have an intention of what kind of partner they seek, you know, that they made beforehand and it maybe seems like the the person they attracted in and, and are involved with did meet those, but then there are signs or they see behaviors that don't line up or or they're not feeling like they're getting that same like like how do they in this intentional living aspect how do they weigh that well i think it's it's important to see that if you're focused on specifics that's more of goal oriented like um relationships and to where i like to suggest for the person to look at the kind of worst case scenario that you've experienced with this person and kind of see the person at their worst or when they've been at their so-called worst. And without judgment, just ask yourself, you know, how much can you like really be around this? And and how deteriorating is this when they're in this state? Um, Because that's what most relationships, especially intimate, come to is we reveal the parts of ourselves that we don't want the rest of the world to see because we trust that, you know, we want to trust that that person will be there. And that's why this emotional management is so important that we learn to not take these emotions out on our most intimate people, but to process them better. So, it's it's also important to realize that you're not necessarily going to have it all. And some people focus on the negative aspects of the person of the relationship too much. So see, I said kind of go to that, that worst case scenario that you've experienced with them or that the lowest that you've seen them in 
be realistic about how often they may visit that, and then truly be honest with yourself of, can I be loving and supporting for this? Because that's what that person needs more than the, the shining good times that, that, you know, you're able to have. They need that support when they're in that most, um, that low place. And there is somebody out there that can support at that, that level. And if you can't, then that is normally going to be what pushes the two people apart. And so that can either be done over a long period of time and deterioration, or it can be a conscious decision made around it. And those two people, you can talk about it. If, you, if you're with somebody that you can work with, you can say, hey, I recognize this aspect of you. I love you. I'm willing to work with this. Do you want to work on this together so that we don't have to always play these roles? And so that's kind of the language and the dialogue that I'm looking for in my relationships is I want to do my part to heal anything that I'm bringing in, and I want them to work on their part of what they're bringing in, and then us support each other. But many times that's not the case. Uh, most people are just subject to that ugliness, the shadow side, the darkness, and they're not really working to to change their reactions and they're really part of just creating their most important people to play these roles, to try to resolve this issue. And so anywhere we have resistance, just realize that energy is going to grow. And if we don't want that specific part of the relationship or ourselves to grow, then we don't feed it resistance. That's why, why acceptance is so important. But acceptance doesn't mean condoning. It doesn't mean approving of. It just means that you don't judge it in that moment. And that you're willing to accept it and work with it. And that can just go a long ways with ourselves and with others. So, um, so yes, when we're assessing our relationship or our connection with someone else, to be aware of that shadow side, but not just focus on the negative aspects, to be able to see it from a very 360-degree view, but the willingness to see that this this one role is going to be what is going to either drive me away or build towards a true, lasting, foundational relationship. And in closing, I wanted to bring in boundaries because when we are setting an attention and we do want to adhere to this being a priority in our lives and, and it determining kind of how we make decisions because if this is our intention, we want to steer ourselves and to tell the universe, yes, I'm choosing this, you know, as we go, out, go throughout our lives. How important are boundaries within that? Yeah, extremely important um, because there's a saying that if you don't know where you're going, any path will take you there. And and that's what like a lack of boundaries is, is that somebody can set you off, you know, emotionally and then you can get caught up into their drama or their story and completely lose focus and sight of what you're intending. And that that may be one of those, like I said, as soon as you set an intention, prepare for three obstacles right away. Because it's almost like life has a sense of humor and goes, oh, no, I want to see how important this is to you. And But I have proven in, in my own experience many times that when you persevere through those first three, like, little obstacles, that it kind of life kind of lightens up. And I'd hear that to, you know, raising children. You know, when my sons wanted a, a new motorcycle, I simply said, well, you go out and work and make half the money and I'll pay the other half. And then a few hours later, they come back and said they weren't interested in going to work to get the motorcycle. So see, that showed me how invested they would have been if I would have paid all of it. And I could have, 
but that wasn't the point. I wanted to see how invested they would be in it, and that helps to show people's true interest. So, so setting boundaries is is something that most people do need practice in in our environment, and that does not mean something rigid. It shouldn't have to be rigid. It should be able to be communicated to say, hey, I can be part of helping you to get whatever you need within these boundaries, and that's what you want to do is you want to make sure that your boundaries isn't alienating anybody that you care about or are in relationship with. It's simply that this is for me to operate optimally in your life these are the parameters I have to set. And for a long time with me, it was just uh, what time I went to bed, what time I ate, you know, the types of conversations that I was willing to have and the t- the amount of time that I was willing to spend like in public or social situations. Like I had to set those boundaries so that I could maintain a balance to stay focused on my intention of what I'm here to do and what I want to experience. And that, if I stay up, you know, past 10 o'clock, my normal bedtime is somewhere around 9.30 or 10, typically 9 sometimes. But if I stay up later than that, see, then I'm not going to want to get up at my normal 6 or 6.30 in the morning. So, see, that cost goes into the next day. But I got what I wanted the so-called previous day. So I found that in my life it works a lot better sometimes when I show my excitement and appreciation about you know, that night and the way things are going, but say, hey, let's just go ahead and lay down and get up in the morning and continue this vibe tomorrow rather than thinking it's, it never needs to end. And so hold on to some of that energy rather than just completely exhausting it, and that's just an example of that. I think we did a good job at touching upon intentional living. I think it's it's way bigger than this one episode. Absolutely. Uh, but I thought it was a good timing uh, because, you know, we did just have New Year's a few weeks ago and, and a lot of people set New Year's resolutions, which mm-hmm. I think are mostly goals. So yeah. maybe maybe everybody out there could, uh, you know, think back and maybe want to set a New Year's intention going right. f- going forward so that we're not further degrading ourselves if we, if we uh, miss it. Yes, and another point of intention, too, is like um, asking those around us to help us to stay on course. And that's part of that third question of who you are, what you're about, and what you exemplify. And then part of that exemplification is once you announce that, then you tell people around you, hey, when you see me acting or, or being outside of this intention, please lovingly remind me. See, that's a very, that's the whole nother level of intentional living is that you inform people around you what your intention is and then you lovingly embrace when they help to keep you on course. And uh, that's a whole subject within itself, of course. Well, that will wrap up this episode. We appreciate you all. Don't forget to share this episode, subscribe to all of our channels, and leave us reviews on iTunes so that more people can find us. All right. Much love. All right, stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings, as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T. P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y dot com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment. It's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.